Miracy. And whenever we come back from whatever it is that has caused us to possibly step away from our business or to just do less in our business than perhaps we normally have, it's important to realize that during that time, we're going to have a lot of growth. We're going to have a lot of insights and we're going to bring a whole new rich layer back into our coaching. How do you start coaching again after being away from it for a year or two, maybe even longer? Maybe you feel disoriented because you're in a different culture than you're familiar with, or maybe you find that you're afraid that it's too late for you. Well, keep listening because this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we are proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. In this podcast, me and my guests answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Well, no one can deny that restarting your business and career after an extended leave is a scary prospect, but it's also an exciting one. Now, you feel ready to start over again. You feel that excitement, but you've got this nagging thought saying, can I really do this? Is this going to be possible? You would probably return stronger than ever. And today, I've invited Eve Agee to the show to talk about this topic. Eve is a leader in the field of coaching and is the founder of the Transform Coaching Academy. She's also a best-selling author and an anthropologist with extensive expertise in shamanism and holistic healing. Welcome, Eve. Thanks, Melinda. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show and get all of your wisdom on this topic. But before we dive in, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit of your background? Oh, sure. So I started as a coach 22 years ago, a long time ago, when the field of coaching was, you know, fairly new. And I had gotten my doctorate in anthropology and I had trained in several healing modalities and I had apprenticed in shamanism and knew I wanted to do something to empower people. And I had been working for the White House, doing work to help women and children. And when that ended, I launched my business as a coach in Washington, D.C. And even though I was really scared when I started it, I fell in love with it. It was amazing. And I started getting clients locally and then from other areas of the world. And a few years after that, I actually got married and uh, had my son and I took some time off and then worked part time, very, very part time when I first came back. So this question is one dear to my heart because I, I did take that time off for that really special moment in my life. And I know this is one reason people get into coaching, right? Because it gives us that flexibility to focus on whatever we need to in our lives. So this will be a great, great thing to discuss today. It's interesting when people leave and come back or shift and come back and really identifying how do they want to come back? How do they want to show up in their business? What does that even mean? The other thing that comes up is a lot of people dabble in coaching. They've got a full-time job. They don't want to let go of that because they like the consistency of the income, but they want to get started in coaching. So there's these kind of few and far between moments where they're coaching and then they do their career and then they back in coaching and kind of back and forth. So there's a lot of different scenarios, but where would you start with this conversation? I think one of the things to start off with when you're, you know, whether you're coming back or whether you've been dabbling a little bit and want to take it much more deeply 
is to first to get crystal clear about who your ideal clients are. The more clarity you can have on who you are there to help, and then possibly in the situation, say you've taken a year off or two years off, or you've been working a little bit as a coach and want to go further, the more you can do to get that clarity on your ideal clients and then actually do some informal um, surveys, you know, which might just be chatting with a few of your ideal clients or more and find out what is it that they really want to change in their lives. What is it that they so want to change that they're willing to invest their time, energy, and money to actually make that transformation? And the more clarity you have about that, then as you're starting to come back, you can create free offerings as well as what your paid coaching packages are going to be that will really inspire your ideal clients and speak to them and have them sign up to initially, you know, perhaps take your free offering or your free report, whatever, however you're going to do that. Or it could be a low cost, a low cost webinar, a low cost workshop. There's all, all sorts of different ways to do that. And then ideally take that next step of investing in coaching with you. Now, some people may not know who their ideal clients are yet, or maybe that's the thing. Maybe they want to change that, feel like maybe they before they didn't have that clarity. And so if that's the case that you don't know who your ideal clients are and you don't know that much about them, then I think taking the time to go within and to get really clear about for yourself, who do you want to work with? Who do you want to help? And what are the ways you're going to help them? And what are your unique gifts that you're going to bring to helping them? And so Getting that clarity can be really, really helpful as well, depending where someone is in the process. Now, speaking of the process and where somebody is, what prompted us to bring this topic to the podcast is that one of our listeners, Pamela Chester, she wrote in and she said, Hi, Melinda, how do I reinvent my business after almost one year in absence? So in this situation, she had had her business, had some success with her business, had kind of found that stride, if you would. And then she relocated to Mexico. And when she was writing in, she says this, I've been trying to get myself used to living in another country. I'm ready to get back to work. And so for her, in that situation, she had the clarity of her ideal clients. She had some success in her business before that relocation. Would you recommend that, you know, it's been a year, would she sit down and go through that process of, so those informal surveys or chatting with those ideal clients to make sure that that's still accurate or confirm if it's accurate or if there's any changes, is there a different step for somebody in her situation to take? Well, I think, it, you know, if she's taking a year off, I think it could still actually be good to get in touch with a few of her clients from the past and find out where they are, what it is they really want. And I mean, it could be as simple as sending them an email or a text or even a message on social media that has a few questions asking them, hey, would you mind to take this one minute survey? It could be something like, if you could wave a magic wand and make anything in your life happen, what would it be? If you were to hire a coach, what would you hire them to coach you on? I think that could be helpful. I honestly think checking in with clients throughout your coaching career and finding what is it that people really want. And in her case, if she's living in Mexico, first of all, I just want to say, Congratulations for taking the year off and taking that time for yourself. I think that's one of the reasons we all become coaches is so we can have a lifestyle and a life that truly supports us. 
And whenever we come back from whatever it is that has caused us to possibly step away from our business or to just do less in our business than perhaps we normally have, it's important to realize that during that time, we're going to have a lot of growth. We're going to have a lot of insights and we're going to bring a whole new rich layer back into our coaching. So we're always bringing back in more value at that stage. And for her in Mexico, and this could be for lots of people in many places, it could be really fun when she's making offers and connecting with her people and and potentially new clients, maybe to host either an in-person group or even individual VIP retreats. Because I do think right now people are looking for that sort of thing. And someplace in Mexico that she's living might be a low cost place to host that, but it would be really enjoyable and really exciting for past clients and to get them re-engaged in coaching with her. I want to go back to something that you said just a moment ago. It's a good idea to get this clarity throughout your coaching business, even if you haven't been taking a year off or time off or you've relocated or whatever it might be. And I know during the pandemic, this is something that I was having our students ask almost monthly there for a while with how crazy things were and things were changing so quickly. But out of that came this question, and I really encourage business owners to ask this every quarter, which is, what are the new challenges my ideal client is facing that they weren't facing a year or 18 months ago in the case of Pamela, since she's relocated for a year? But I actually have our students say, what are the new challenges my clients are facing that they weren't facing three months ago? Because I'm finding that the people that are investing in coaching, their lives are shifting so quickly, especially kind of post-pandemic, as people are prioritizing what really matters and things are shifting that as coaches, we have to stay on top of that. So your ideal client, the type of person that you love working with may not change the characteristics and demographics about them, but what keeps them up at night or how they wave that magic wand that you talked about and what they most want. That's ever evolving. And we have to stay on top of that so that we can maybe modify our offerings, modify those free resources that we're sharing, or modify just the way that we talk to people about it. What is your experience with that? I think that is totally essential. And now more than ever, it's very, very important. And what happens when you do that is it's going to keep your people connected to you because they're going to feel like, You really understand them. You understand what they're going through. You're someone they can trust. The sort of fast rate of change that people are experiencing in the world these days brings in a lot of new challenges. And honestly, working with a coach can be extraordinarily helpful during that. So the more someone can do that, can stay in touch with their clients, can understand what they're going through, and can speak to them and make their offerings so they're addressing those challenges it's going to create a lot more success, both for the, the transformation and the support you're going to be able to give your clients and also more success in your offerings and in your income as a coach. Speaking of working with a coach through that, let's talk about mindset for a second. Now, coaches or who listens to our podcast, well, all service-based entrepreneurs, we've got a lot of different entrepreneurs that listen in. When I imagine Pamela, she's been away for a year. Now, I don't know the details of what she did during that year or what she didn't do, but if I have to imagine, you know, new habits start forming in that kind of time frame, or even like you, you said you took a few months off after you had your son. And so new habits start forming 
how do we, when we felt like we were good at something with our coaching business, then we stepped away for a while and we're coming back. We go from feeling like we know what's going on, or maybe we even feel like an expert. And now we're a novice again. How do you suggest people handle that mindset shift? Like I I just imagine sometimes it could even feel like you're downshifting and your gears are grinding as you're downshifting to make this change. Well, how would people handle that? One, I think it's important to remember that you actually still have your expertise and that the time you've taken away from work or maybe reduced your hours coaching has really been valuable to what you're going to bring to your clients. Because no matter who you work with, your clients really want a life that puts them first. And in taking that time away, you're still putting your life first. And so in doing that, remembering that it's really valuable. And also, I think with coaching in particular, we talk a lot about coaching presence, right? And embodying coaching presence. To remember that when you start coaching again, you will embody your coaching presence. You're going to really reconnect with your skills as soon as you get either one-on-one with your, your clients or if you're leading groups. I know after I had my son, like I said, I think I took, I can't remember if it was six or seven months. It was something like that off, which was a a big deal for me because I was a fairly new um, self-employed person uh, with a fairly new business. And when I came back, I still wasn't getting much sleep and I was really concerned (laughs) about my coaching. I was a little concerned to go back to work, quite frankly, but I went ahead and I did it. And what I found was that even though I was on the sleepy side, I was able to stay present. I was able to see like, okay, even though I took time off, even though I'm still tired as a new mom, my clients are having amazing growth. And so it was really about trusting actually the processes of coaching. I leaned into trusting all of that, the trusting that I was, you know, just my intention of really holding that space for clients to have profound growth and transformation, that it was going to happen. And when I surrendered my own insecurities or worries about myself coming back after this time off, I really was able to be present for them in a way that allowed for true transformation. And I think if there's someone who's been dabbling and maybe part of their issue is they don't quite have coaching skills fully developed and evolved, then that might be a time to think about doing some coach training as well, you know, just to be able to serve your clients on a deeper level and have more success. I love that. Even if you've had a lot of coach training in the past, if you've been away for an extended period of time, or if you're just like, I think I could feel a little more confident about this, pick up some coach training. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, maybe not even an entire certification program, but just some coach training to Remember that it's like riding a bike. Is there a time frame for setting healthy expectations? Like now that I'm getting back into it, like Pamela, she wrote in, she's been gone for a year. She was ready to go back to work. Is it healthy to be, say something like, you know, I'm going to give myself the next three months to get back at it or the next year to get back at it or in next month, I'll be up and running. Like what are some healthy expectations that somebody could set? Yeah, I think that's a great idea to create a time frame that works for you. And it may be based on your offering. So say if part of what you're going to do to get back is to offer a webinar or to offer 
some sort of in-person event, you know, that you're going to have some sort of event that gets your community or, or even future clients gets people engaged, right. Or re-engaged. So part of it's going to be figuring out what that is and then reverse engineering it to finding out how long do you need to get everything ready? Because like we talked about, you might be reshaping your offerings, your packages, because maybe things have changed quite a bit for your clients. And so you do want to change up some of your marketing materials, some of your packages, what you're talking about, maybe even do an interview series or a small summit. They could do something where they're collaborating with some other people, get contact with people outside their current audience, but might be interviewing people who serve some of their ideal clients, but in different ways. So you would want to think about, okay, how, what is a reasonable time frame to do this? What are the different steps that are going to be involved in it? Because often I think as coaches, you know, we're so excited to really empower people. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we've got so many great ideas coming to us all the time that sometimes we may not realize all the different steps involved to do whatever it is we want to do. If you're going back into it, you probably want to create quite a, you know, some income to support you, but also create that you can do this in a way that doesn't involve that panic that sometimes happens when people have a lot of urgency and try to do things on such a tight time frame that it can be overwhelming. And speaking of overwhelming, let's talk about some of the fears that come up. Like when I think about Pamela, she moved to Mexico, new country, and I've had a lot of other coaches that I've worked with throughout Europe, going from United States to Canada, wherever. So you're in a new country. Like that could be a fear that easily gets in the way that somebody could say, well, how can I put myself out there? I barely speak the language or this is brand new area for me. I don't know anybody. How does somebody kind of get rid of that fear? And I want to talk about some of the other fears as well, but let's start with that one since it's specific to Pamela who wrote in on this topic. Oh, sure. You've moved to a country, you don't speak the language. There are probably other expats there who hopefully do speak your language or one of the languages you speak. So, you know, connecting with expat communities and others having offerings. You could also use social media and email marketing and other things to to coach virtually. And for some people, certainly for a lot of coaches who travel, one important thing is to think about visas because often when we're traveling or living in another country, sometimes you don't have a work visa. So then it's better for your work to be based wherever, you know, whatever country you're from or whatever country you have work visas with, right? If you're living abroad, you're working as a digital nomad, as a coach, that can be super appealing to people. They would love to do that. And so actually thinking as you're reinventing yourself and your business, hey, you know, I'm now doing this thing that a lot of people want to do. Well, maybe I can bring that into my coaching and that can be really powerful. And that could involve some of your offerings, you know, whether it's like we talked about earlier, hosting in-person retreats in some place that seems really appealing where you're now living, or whether it's virtual and talking about people how to have a freedom lifestyle. So I think bringing that in, incorporating that in can be really powerful for your coaching business. I love that. And it actually brings up an interesting question that I've never thought about it like this before, but it goes back to earlier when I was talking about asking that question to really help clarify your ideal client. Earlier, we talked about asking, you know, what new challenges are my ideal clients facing that they weren't facing a few months ago? But based on what you just said, you could also ask, what are the new challenges that are coming up that I'm hearing people talk about and what kind of people are asking them? So 
maybe you've never coached expats before, but all of a sudden being in these communities, you're, you're identifying a new need with a new type of niche. And it might be an entry into, oh, wait, here's the evolution of my business. So that could be another question to ask to really stay present because whether you're just starting or whether you're restarting, what you talked about is so important. I really just want it to land with everybody. Reverse engineering, you know, identifying how long is it going to take to get what I'm offering ready? What is my offer? How do I want to package things up? And at the very beginning, you talked about getting that clarity about your ideal clients, knowing how to talk to people, knowing the phrases and words to say. When you can, when you can nail those two things and get that dialed in, not that it's, you know, the end all be all, but that will evolve. But when you can get clear on that, everything else is so much easier to navigate. Now, another fear that I want to talk about is visibility, putting yourself out there. It's something that we see with new coaches a lot when they're getting started. Do you think folks that are restarting and getting back into it, do they also have that same fear of putting themselves out there? What will people think and all of that? Is it the same, similar, doesn't exist, slightly different? What's your experience with that? So I've trained a lot of people who've taken some time off and come back. And I, I do think visibility is one of the biggest fears for new coaches, without a doubt. I feel like when people are coming back, if they've already had clients and they've already been working as a coach for a while, generally that fear is not as overwhelming. Often it seems like when people are coming back after time off, one of the big fears is time management, particularly people who are coming back maybe because they've had a child, which is something you know I've trained a lot of coaches who take time off when they have a child or just they've decided, okay, things with my family, this is happening. I need to take some time off. And so I think that how am I going to come back, particularly before I was giving them my all and now I have, you know, my life has shifted and I have these different changes. Um, so there's that, how do I come back? And this can also be if someone's had some health challenges or, or any other kind of reason like that, how do I come back and build the business in a way that truly, truly honors me and my time and what I'm choosing as my priorities in my life now? I think that is a question. Like if we could have a gigantic pause on the podcast and for people to have a journal and sit down and answer that. And not even, even if you're listening in and you're like, well, I haven't, I'm, I haven't left. I'm not returning, but I'm still listening to the show. Even if you haven't come back, how do you build your business in a way that truly honors you and what you want, what lights you up? I think so often we get so focused on marketing, prospects, client, client getting, revenue generating, that sometimes that gets left by the wayside. And then that begins a slippery slope to burnout if we're not careful. So I think that is a powerful question. How do I come back or how do I build the business in a way that truly honors me? And for those that are returning, to just check in with themselves and say, are there things that I would like to do differently this time? And then spending time to see what comes up for you. Definitely. I would think that's something probably for each of us to actually reassess quarterly as well. Mm -hmm. Because the more we can look at what am I doing that's actually, that's bringing clients, that's helping me do this wonderful work I want to do. And what am I doing that I don't love as much. It's taking up a lot of my time and it's maybe not as valuable in my business as I thought, but it's something that I thought I quote had to do. So getting that clarity about what matters the most for you and how you can really 
enroll the clients you want to enroll, you want to work with, and be able to help them deeply without overwhelming yourself or working too much and having time for self-care. I think it's essential. I didn't realize this in the early days of my business, how vital self-care was, but I've really, over the years, I've come to learn that that is my superpower. That is the critical piece that keeps my business fun and flowing and engaging and allows me to be my best and bring my best, whatever the situation is. So self-care cannot be underestimated for sure. Now, I want to summarize a few things that we've talked about today because uh, we've we've covered quite a lot on this topic. And uh, I just want to thank Pamela for writing in about the topic. And Eve, you shared and started off by saying the best, most critical first step when you're restarting is to get clarity around your ideal clients. And talked about how some informal surveys or maybe just casual chatting with some ideal clients or former clients and really identify what are they looking for. And from there, you can confirm that what you used to offer, you can continue to do that or you can create what are those free resources and free offerings or your packages or programs that you need to put together and make sure that you're offering what they want. And we talked about that question, asking that question. What are the new challenges the people I love working with are facing that they weren't facing a year ago or 18 months ago or three months ago even? You talked about some of the ideas about hosting an in-person group, doing a small summit, doing VIP retreats, especially like Pamela, you're in Mexico or depending on where you are in the world, it could be a destination bucket list combo coaching, super attractive package that you put together as a way to kind of kickstart getting back to it. And we dove into mindset. I love when you talked about trusting the process of coaching. We talked about establishing those boundaries and setting that reasonable time frame and expectations. And we even dove into some of the fears that really stand out. And I love how we landed on asking that question, how do I want to come back? How do I want to build my business in a way that truly honors me and is what really matters to me? And how actually that's a question for everybody to ask, whether you're restarting or just continuing in your business. So Eve, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners on this topic? I would just like to say the world needs you more now than you can possibly imagine. And that your future clients are just waiting for you. They're waiting for you to be able to help them transform in miraculous ways. And so trust yourself and Do your best to let go of the doubts and the insecurities that are just a natural part of the path. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Eve for this amazing conversation. You can find out more about her at transformcoachingacademy.com. That's transformcoachingacademy.com. And she has a free resource in the show notes to get started as a coach. Eve, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thanks, Melinda. And thanks, everyone. It's been such a joy. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mercy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Blowing Up and For Better or For Work. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. 
And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.